0: Welcome to in the aisles, the movie and TV podcast that is dramatically colored in a red hue. I'm James Rothwell. I'm Dan Acton. This week, we'll be talking about what we've been watching some real news about the Oscars, of course, but one or two other things and our main review is Cherry, available on Apple TV+, Plus? directed by the Russo brothers and starring Spider-Man himself, Tom Holland.
1: It can't possibly
0: be bad. It's guaranteed chance of success. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> its quality is as certain as the sun rising. That's what I'm saying. Yes, agreed. Until then, Daniel, how are you?
1: I, again, didn't really have much of an eventful week. But the one thing... That did take me back a bit was I got a knock at the door the other day and wasn't expecting anyone. Opened it up. Delivery driver. I thought, I've not ordered anything. This is weird. And he was a creepy looking dude. And he just looked at me and he went, watch your back. And I went, sorry, what? And he went, watch your back. And I was like, pardon, what what, what do you mean? Sorry. And he was like, it's really heavy, mate. Watch your back. And I thought, oh, wow, I've completely misread this situation. It was a box of wood. That was more uncomfortable than it needed to be.
0: But I'm glad that we clarified what was going on in the end. I was thinking if that was watch your back threatening, I would move house immediately. <laughs> I would immediately leave. I did feel threatened. I, I genuinely did.
1: Because, he, like I say, he was one scary looking guy. But um, don't judge your book by its cover, nor a delivery driver. So you're having wood delivered? Yes. Okay. <laughs> James
0: let's get to it what have you been watching this week? On Netflix Last Chance U Basketball very late to the party on this one because there was Last Chance U American football version that appears to have five seasons not watched it know nothing about it so I'm coming into this Last Chance U concept fresh it's about a basketball team at a junior college in America and the last chance you idea comes from these are guys that are not going to the best school, not the most academically gifted. This is not high level college basketball, it's junior college basketball. And they say right at the start, no one wants to be here. We all want to move on to something else. This is not like the last dance where you're watching people perform at the pinnacle of their profession they're all desperate to move on to division one or college basketball or turn pro very quickly. And that gives the whole thing this really emotional weight. I was so into this and I'm still watching it. I am still into it. There's a desperation and a hope to everything that goes on. There is a central character who's the coach, coach mostly, and he is your typical ball-busting, enthusiastic coach that you might see in any film about football or basketball coaches, but he's a real person. And the thing that makes him so compelling and what makes the whole series, the whole documentary so good is that he talks a lot about not wanting to give up on these lads. He says, I'm not going to give up on them. Even if they give up on themselves, I'm not going to give up. And he's a master at educating them and supporting them. And that's what makes it genuinely moving as well. There's scenes where they interview these junior college students. I think they're maybe 18, 19 years old. I've, I've tried to look it up, but I'm not really sure how old they are. And they talk about their regrets and their hopes. And they talk about losing members of the family. With everything that's being said in the current moment that we're in about opportunity and privilege and inequality, this documentary really highlights that some people just don't have the opportunity that other people have and the coach talks about everyone having a window everyone has a window of opportunity but some people's window is really really small and once it closes that is it and what he's trying to do is guide these boys to that small window of opportunity that still exists for them and it's so inspiring
1: let's get self-reflective and a bit philosophical james do you think our window of opportunity has passed
0: <laughs> I don't know oh, now that I've said that, I don't want to believe that. I want to believe there's multiple windows. You Oh always always <laughs> appearing. They can open your own window. Oh God, no, that's just depressed me now. I'm not in, I'm not inspired anymore
1: <laughs> Sorry, that was that was cruel of me.
0: I wasn't sure at first because I said to my wife, let's watch this basketball thing. We like the last dance. let's watch this And she couldn't get through the fight first five minutes because she said, well, there's no crowd. Michael Jordan was better. That was when we're exciting. This is just nothing. I said, yeah, but that's the point. The point is, is that there's nothing happening now, and they want to get out, but there's still so much importance to their small world. Now, Michael Jordan was better. I'm just going to leave you to it. So that, that was that was the end of that for her. In contrast to the other thing we're going to talk about, I think this is fantastic, and I wish I'd watched Last Chance You football version.
1: Well, it's not the last chance. You have to watch it. You can do so, James. So that's The Last Chance, you, a.k.a. The Last Dance for Paul on Netflix?
0: Yeah, pretty much, yeah.
1: Go on. You're going to bring things down anyway now by telling us about
0: your next piece of content. What else have you been watching? Also on Netflix, The One, the new British drama, which is about a DNA test that will help you find the person that you are genetically determined to fall in love with. The Facebook-like company that is responsible for this is called The One. It's run by Rebecca Webb, played by Hannah Ware, and it deals with corporate espionage and there's a crime drama that goes on. There's relationships where you have people saying, should we take the test? People that have met The One and how does that play out? First point, I thought that Soulmates and Amazon Prime was better than this because even though that didn't have much depth in the characters, that committed to taking each episode of really exploring what are the implications of this idea? What are the implications of being told this is your predetermined soulmate? With the one on Netflix, it turns into a crime drama, which is totally baffling. When I see the premise like this of determinism and DNA tests. Making you find love. That's what I want to see. That's why I've made the huge decision to press play on Netflix. But for it to flip to a crime drama almost immediately was a huge turn off. Maybe for you, the, the crime drama expert in the world of podcasts, maybe you, you liked it. But when it turned into a murder mystery, I wasn't interested. And I've got through two and a half episodes, I've given it a go. But my take on it is that it doesn't explore. What it's actually about, and that was enough for me to say that it's not the one for me murder is like catnip though to me so i have <laughs> I have latched onto it a bit
1: I'm drawn into the not so mystery that's playing out because it's not even that much of a mystery is it you know what's happened don't you
0: exactly it gives you very brief flashbacks in either episode one or two that tells you the answer to the murder mystery yeah
1: which seems a bit baffling. But even its existence is odd, isn't it, really, with this counterpart on Amazon that's effectively the same show? I mean, it's like they've just got some placard up saying, you're not stealing our potential customers, Mr. Bezos. We're going to do the same thing again. Don't really know why they had to do that. It's a bit weak. It is a bit weak, but entertaining enough for me. All your criticism is valid, though.
0: I understand it's based on a novel, and maybe the novel is like this anyway, but when I was watching it, I did feel like they'd thrown in a lot of different elements to make it have a broader appeal. So you've got the premise, which is eye-catching, but then, oh, it's a crime drama, and oh, there's a bit of romance, a bit of cheating going on as well.
1: It's spread itself a bit too thin, hasn't it? It never quite explores anything in enough depth, and I think that's the problem with it. It's bitten off way more than it can chew, so... Yeah, me. That was a sound to represent the fact that it's okay, not great.
0: Are you going to finish it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'll report back and say that you were right. It's probably not worth your time.
0: That's the one on Netflix that we've both watched. Daniel, what else have you been watching?
1: So it says a lot that I've far more to say about something that lasts for less than 30 minutes than something that I spent four hours watching already but let me tell you a bit about the strange thing about the Johnsons I mentioned it last week I'm not creating a whole oh whoa it's me get your violin out I've had a rough few weeks and we recently lost someone who's very close to us in our family and I thought what's a good way of counteracting the sadness and the grief I know choose something so overwhelmingly messed up that it blows everything else out of the water and makes you forget your worries as temporary as that might be so that's Bit of an insight into how what my brain is there and how it works. In search of this content, I signed up for the letterbox app. Are you familiar with this?
0: Is this where you get sent? I'm not that's I'm thinking of red box. No, I don't know what letterbox is.
1: It's a bit like imdb, but it's a way of tracking your films, and people share lists of things that they've watched that are similar to things that you've liked, and you can discover some real gems on there So I'll be honest, first thing I did, I searched most disturbing films ever and after being a somewhat fan of Ari Aster, who did Midsommar and Hereditary. Have I ever told you about when I went watching Midsommar, going off in a weird direction here? But we uh, went away to Keswick, and there was an old run-down church that they'd changed into a small theatre, and we watched Midsommar there. And if you've ever seen Midsommar, it's got a very unique atmosphere to it, and it's quite scary in many ways. And uh, it really added to the atmosphere. Anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you that. Move on. This film... The strange thing about the Johnsons is the thesis film that Ari Aster directed way back in 2011. And somebody made me aware of this and I thought, oh, I wonder how I can watch it. Well, you can watch it right now on YouTube for free. And it completely fits the bill. This is messed up beyond belief. It takes the concept of childhood abuse and it flips it on its head in the most troubling of ways. That's all I will say. I think you should discover it for yourself. It's as dark as a Bourneville chocolate bar, if not more so. It asks questions. It doesn't answer a lot of them, given the runtime, but is thought-provoking and original in spades. I've genuinely found myself thinking about this film days after I've watched it, which is more than I can say for a great deal of things that we review on this podcast. But it's still good, honest work that we're doing. Right, James? Yes, it is. Seriously, if you want something that's a bit messed up and off the wall and it doesn't demand a great deal of your time, this is really worth 30 minutes. Give it the time. It's got me inspired to look at short films a bit more. I never really give them the time of day, but this made me think maybe it's a worthwhile venture. I will say, if anybody does feel urged to check this out, the music that accompanies the credits at the end is just as troubling as anything that you witnessed within that 30 minutes. It's odd. But it's a deeply sincere and serious film, but that that music made me question whether there's this adolescent humour lurking beneath it which makes it even more of an enigma, if I'm honest. Like I've said, you can watch it on YouTube. The less you know, the better. And provided it's not going to trigger you in anywhere, given the subject matter, I would definitely encourage people seek it out.
0: What is it?
1: The strange thing about the Johnsons.
0: Okay. And watching short films would be a smaller time commitment for us, wouldn't it?
1: It would. And it proves difficult some weeks, doesn't it? So maybe that's something we can explore further down the line.
0: What else have you been watching?
1: I've been watching Joe Cinque's Consolation. I don't know how I discovered this film. It's available on Amazon Prime as part of the Sundance channel, and there's quite a lot of good content on there. So do what everyone else does. Sign up for a free seven-day trial. Watch as much as you can. Cancel it. This is based on an Australian true crime story in which a woman conspired to take her own life and that of her boyfriend's for extremely vague and unintelligible reasons. It doesn't really give you a deep insight into her psychology and why she did this. In fact, that's probably not fair. There's a lot of exploration about her mental condition or supposed mental condition that's making her feel like she's presenting issues with like body dysmorphia and things like that. And she doesn't want to live anymore. But at the same time, she has to take a boyfriend's life. don't know if that's a bit of a spoiler but it's just a really weird setup for a film because even though this is a true story there was months of planning to this suicide well that actually ended up just being a murder and not a suicide but she invites people round to her house on the eve of her murdering a boyfriend and all these people know exactly what she's doing and none of them do anything about it and this hasn't been fabricated or Emphasized in any way. This is exactly how it happened. I'm sure they took liberties with a few things, but it's just a really worrying display of how people can just sit by and effectively will know that someone's being murdered and do nothing about it. It doesn't really provide you the answers that I think you deserve, but then again, I don't think there are any answers to this. This is just a deeply troubled woman who did something a bit weird. Murder is not a bit weird. I shouldn't say that. It's more than that. But It was interesting. I would recommend it. I was quite engrossed. What is it? Joe Cinque's Consolation.
0: And how can we watch that again?
1: Amazon Prime by signing up to the Sundance Film Channel.
0: Unsurprising that you've watched crime-related content again, not going to lie. But will this week's real news be a surprise? It's the real thing. It is now. Real, real news. News. It's compulsory to discuss Oscars. It's in our movie podcast contract. So Academy Award nominations. Leading the nominations is our arch nemesis, Mank, 10 nominations.
1: Absolute disgrace.
0: And after that, there's a bunch of other films that has six nominations. So Mank is up there, isn't it? But fingers crossed, it won't win.
1: Said it at the time. I'll say it again. Feel free to cut it out. Mank is wank.
0: The rest of the best picture films, I think, well, I know from my own memory of my own life that I've only seen two of these best picture films The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Varied, varied list. I've only seen two of those eight. What about you?
1: I should probably not admit that through a vpn service i have seen promising young woman but i have and it's i don't want to show my hand actually we're going to review it at some point i liked it i'm confused as to why this is the best picture i feel like it's through subject matter alone which doesn't feel right but yeah i think i'm similar to you i've only seen the trial of the chicago seven and mank that's it
0: I feel like I'm not a fool for selecting the trial of the Chicago seven as my favorite film of last year. If it's going to be nominated for best picture sub news under promising young woman, there was a Metro article that said, when will promising young woman be released in the UK? I thought, great. That's a useful article Metro. I'll click on that. Three paragraphs, no information (laughs) ad. When will it be released in the UK? There are no plans to release it in the UK at the moment. And then, 10 more paragraphs of content with three more ads. <laughs> There's no UK plan for this film, this British film with the British director and the legendary Carrie Mulligan. We can't watch it and appreciate our own talent making this amazing film.
1: It is frustrating, but I think it does make sense, especially now this has got an Oscar nod. They're going to want to ride the wave of the box office with all the hype this is going to get and they're just going to want to get the most ticket sales that they can possibly get so they're just waiting on the the fate of cinema i suppose before they release it
0: yeah so that we, we can pay money to go into the cinema to be told that we are awful people best actress not seen any of these again
1: you'll have to i mean i don't want you to go through the whole thing but you'll have to tell me some of these because i don't know what they are
0: viola davis maraney's black bottom andrew day united states versus billy holiday vanessa kirby pieces of Woman know what that one is. Francis McDormand, Nomadland. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. But I'm completely out of the loop. This is what COVID has done to us. I've got no idea what these things are. Best Actor is the same. Sound of Metal, Moraney's Black Bottom, Chadwick Boseman, The Father, Mank, Boo, and Steve Yuen in Minari. Chadwick Boseman's going to win that. There's no need to discuss it any further, I think. Do you want to
1: put some money down for that No.
0: Yeah, seems pretty confident. I'll bet you five pounds that Chadwick Boseman wins Best Actor.
1: Doesn't reek of confidence. Five pounds. Let's call it a tenner.
0: <laughs> okay. Yep. Tenner. Yep.
1: Waiting for that one.
0: The Best Director. Another round. Thomas Vinterberg. Not gonna lie. Not heard of the film All the Man.
1: I spoke about him for five minutes on this podcast four episodes ago. Did you? What else has he done? He directed the Danish. TV series, the investigation,
0: right? Okay, yeah, okay, that's good. Well, I think he should win. And the hunt, which you said you watched and really enjoyed, right? Same director, well, take it back. Another round. He's my pick. I bet you one hundred pounds <laughs> that Thomas Vinterberg will win best director. Mank, David Fincher, just just go away, Mank. But you, no, don't want to, don't want to hear it. And Camilla Parker Bowles is directed for promising young woman. <laughs>
1: She's not called that, is she?
0: She played Camilla Packables. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yes,
1: she did, didn't she? She's an actress.
0: That's the award talk out the way.
1: Early reviews for Zack Snyder's director's cut of Justice League, right? And guess what? It might just well be the best DC movie ever. Hilariously, the article that I'm referring to at the moment says, the Snyder Cut early reviews say it's the best DC movie ever. What the heck does that mean? It's a good question. It is a good question. Doesn't mean it's good. And the irony of me looking for this article, by the way, was that I accidentally clicked a article about the initial release of Justice League from 2017 that said early reviews are in and people say it's fun and it's good. Well, they were wrong then. They can be wrong now. However, does seem to be quite a lot of people saying that this is a, a vast improvement. So I'm gonna make no bonds about it, James. This has got me a bit excited
0: i'm looking forward to this now i'm excited as well because as i understand it this is not a few deleted scenes put back in this is hours of abandoned footage that changes it completely so now that i know that i'm excited as well and 60 million dollars of reshoots they've played into this so they've committed to
1: delivering a very different film so I'm excited. I must say, because I might might fail to say it when we review it on this podcast, never saw the original. Just heard it was terrible. I thought I'm in agreement with you because I'm fickle. I never bothered. So I don't have anything to compare it to,
0: but hopefully it'll be a positive experience nonetheless. Hopefully, yes. And we had that question, didn't we, about how it will be released in the UK. And it turns out Sky, Sky have got it at the last minute. And I did wonder, this is pure speculation based on nothing. I did wonder if there were, Last minute negotiations going on between Warner Brothers and Sky. And Sky said, Look, people are going to pirate it. So let us have it for this much licensing money. Otherwise, no one's going to see it. And Warner Brothers said, Okay, fine. And what Warner Brothers failed to realize
1: in that scenario is that all they've done is increase the amount of people who can put pirated versions online, making it more widely available. So the joke's on you, Warner Brothers. But we'll be watching it legitimately because that is what
0: cinema deserves. Yes. At the very least, I'll go to the effort of making a new email address and getting a one-day free trial. If that fails and they pick
1: up on it, I'll shove it on my Plex once I've downloaded it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a joke. We're, we're, we're not into pirating this podcast. And you can leave this in because a joke is a joke and should be intended to be received as such. So it's fine. Any other
0: real news, James? Let's really quickly move on. This is not news, but we've previously talked about Disney Plus launching Disney Plus Star Plus on Disney Plus. I saw in my list of release dates that three things were coming out on Star as Star Originals on Disney Plus. One of them was Next, a show about an AI that does evil AI things. I thought, oh. Looked at it, it's a show that aired in America last year and was cancelled after two episodes.
1: I was gonna say, I thought I've heard of this,
0: and that is being branded as new on star. This is the new content that we've got for you. That's that is eye. that the best that they can come if that's the best they can do for new content for the launch of this thing. I'm not very hopeful. No, it
1: doesn't sound good, but we should hold out hope that maybe this is another place for it to have a revival and if people express an interest and it gets a lot of viewers maybe they'll pick it up for another season maybe they see promise in it i think you're right in what you're saying it
0: seems like it's a dumping ground but i'm just trying to be positive no it's good to be positive will we continue to be positive in this week's main review hello i'd like to order an opinion please this film is new fresh point of view promise it back this is a fact we in the arse or some else. thoughts in sync, tell you what to think, I'll listen to you, but please don't rap again. This week's main review is Cherry. I'm 23 years old, and sometimes I wonder if life was wasted on me. I take all the beautiful things to heart, till I about die from it. Sometimes I feel like I've already seen everything that's going to happen. And it's a nightmare. Ah! 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 My one true accomplishment was not dying. I have this noise in my head. It'll stop. One day it'll go quiet. Believing that winning Oscars is a simple box-ticking exercise, Apple acquired the rights to a film that ticked all the usual boxes, but they didn't anticipate that the Oscars themselves would become a box-ticking exercise, and ticking the usual boxes means nothing if you don't tick the new boxes you need to tick so the Oscars can tick the boxes for their box-ticking exercise.
1: Oh, that is correct. But to give you a, a bit more insight into what the film's about, Cherry! drifts from college dropout to army medic in iraq anchored only by his true love emily but after returning from the war with ptsd his life spirals into drugs and crime as he struggles to find his place in the world
0: daniel what did you think of cherry
1: i just want to start off by saying i really feel as though if you've any desire to watch this film don't read any reviews Don't listen to this review. It will alter your experience dramatically. I listened to a rival podcast and I couldn't unsee slash unhear the criticism leveled against it. You'll then you'll spend like the next two hours or two and a half hours picking up on how in your face the problems are. So I'm going to give you five seconds and it's not often that I'll encourage people to switch off, but switch off and watch the film. We're back. I've got something positive to say. Tom Holland is a national treasure, it's confirmed. I thought he was excellent in this film. It's a demanding role. Do you know what? In fact, I don't know if it was a demanding role, but he really made me feel as though that was the case. He's definitely committed to this, and I felt like we got to see a lot of range from him. And I would go as far to say, controversial, that if this was a traditional character-focused drama about addiction, I think he could be up for a Best Actor nomination. And on the face of it, it is a character-focused drama in some respects, but it's shot in a way that removes any sense of seriousness from it. Instead, it just feels like a showcase of these two directors just going, ooh, look what we can do! And they're obviously talented guys, but they've just been given too much freedom with this. They use every single gimmick in the filmmaking book. There's this... Red or black and white tint that they have to certain scenes. There's no reason to it, or at least I didn't take the to be any. They shoot certain sections of the film in a different aspect ratio. There's a fourth wall breaking. Oh, I'm talking to the camera. There's central character voiceover narration. There's slow-mo. There's too much slow-mo. Cut that out and you'd probably shave 15 minutes off the film, which it really, really needs. At points, there's words that are being spoken on screen and they appear in a big, massive, in-your-face font that dominates the whole frame. Yet yeah, we, we can hear what's being said, thanks. We don't need to see the words. They even go as far as having a weird camera shot supposedly showing the inside of Tom Holland's arsehole. That tells you as much as you need to know about how far they push it. The film does not know what subtlety is. It spoon-feeds you every detail as if you're a complete and utter idiot and there's loads of examples of this but the main one that comes to mind is tom holland narrates and he says tommy ran over the curb for good measure then there's a shot of a car hitting the curb i didn't need to see it it's just trying too hard to do too many things when i suppose the nuts and bolts of it is it's a sad story about addiction and if you want to see a good example of that story it's all well go and watch Candy with Heath Ledger. Don't watch this. In spite of all that, it's not incoherent. It's just really baggy and bloated and too unnecessarily long. This is not the film that I thought I was getting. For some reason, again, I just got the wrong end of the stick. I thought this was an action thriller. Instead, it's a really emotionally disconnected film about PTSD and heroin addiction. The one kind thing I can say is that I wasn't bored. It's not a boring film, but it's not a very good one either.
0: James, what did you think about Cherry? I have not read the book as a standard for this podcast. I'm assuming you haven't either. The plot on paper is good. And for all the events that the main character goes through, it's not overcomplicated. I wasn't bored. With me, you can't go too far wrong with a war story or a story that is focused on one character and their gradual deterioration. Deterioration by the way, a really hard word to spell. Tom Holland is superb in this, even better than he was in The Devil All the Time. I wonder if he's on the same path that Christian Bale is on where more mainstream success is an option but he chooses to challenge himself as an actor instead. He's very very good. Sierra Bravo is also good, but does her character exist only to observe Tom Holland being terrible all the time? I don't know. I won't repeat what you've said about the Russo brothers. I have the exact same list of gimmicks that they use. Uh, Long takes as well is one that I've got on spotlights. They sometimes have spotlights on people. Edits within shots. You'll have a long conversation and there's an edit during it to, to throw you off, to disorientate you. But that is the problem, as you've said. The Russo brothers can't get out of their own way and tell the story. It distracts you from what's going on. What is on paper should be good, but all these fancy tricks is a distraction. The Russo brothers are a character in the film. They're present in every scene, doing something stylish. Like the scene where Tom Holland is in the car with Black, or maybe he's called The Black, and Black is out of focus the whole time, and it's distracting. It's an obvious thing they're doing, but it's too distracting. Think of Goodfellas. Goodfellas is a stylish film. The camera moves around a lot, We all love the long shot with Henry taking Karen into the bar, but there isn't a dolly zoom and a whip pan in every scene. And yes, I did look up those terms. Too many scenes of drug use and injecting. We get the point, let's take it as read, that for the second half of the film, they're always high. We don't need to see them injecting in every scene. We don't need to see the needles going in for a whole hour. It is too long. It's too long. It's like a Triple H WrestleMania match. It tries to go epic, but it overstays its welcome. But somehow it doesn't say much about either war, robbing banks or romance. I don't know how they've managed that. We're a, a long film that says nothing about any of the topics that are in it. It would be entertaining with all the style going on, but that doesn't match with the depressing topic, like you have said, because it starts off as a lighthearted, boys being boys, you know, the crew hanging out. That was, that was fine. That was okay. But then when it gets dark, the style doesn't match at all. So I agree with, with a lot of what you've, what you said and what the critics appear to be saying, the Rotten Tomatoes score is very out of balance and the audience seemed to like it. So if I was expecting to like it as well, but I couldn't escape the thoughts that, that we're having these criticisms of those Russo brothers, just not being able to get out of their own way.
1: I think for me, and I don't know if I'm repeating what we've already said, but it's an entertaining film. I was entertained, but it feels like it shouldn't be an entertaining film. And like you said, that that's the problem. It's just the style doesn't match the subject matter. And that's an issue. It's a weird one to say whether I'd recommend it or not. I'm not too sure what I'm going to say. Should we start off with you? Or
0: did you have more to say? I think we could have more to say, otherwise it'll be a very short episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another film that deals with drug use that is very stylish, Trainspotting. The most memorable quote about Trainspotting that I've heard, I think it was either from the writer or the director who said, "This film shows that the reason people do drugs is that it's really really good." <laughs> it's an over the top look at how crazy this drug-fueled life is. It's absolutely mental. This film is look at this drug-fueled life. It's really bad, but let's still have a fun style on top. Yeah. When you were talking about I Care A Lot, you said it was all surface-level style, but I think we ended up agreeing at the end that there was something more to it. This film is surface-level style, and there's such a disconnect between the style and the content that it really is a typical example of all style, no substance. And there could have been substance if there was less style. Yeah, I don't think it's lacking it. I
1: just don't think any of the scenes were given room to breathe at all you don't get all right you get these long shots these long one continuous shots but you don't get character moments where the camera lingers with somebody for you to get invested with what's going on in their life and then the plight and the drama and the sadness of what they're going through because it's just not edited in that way and that's the problem with it i think it's all there the ingredients are all there it's just not I think it comes down to the editing, to be honest. I think it's too quick. It's too quickly paced for it to hold any weight. That was my feeling on it.
0: I agree. one example of that is when the war sequence is happening, he meets a lot of different guys. And I couldn't tell whether he was with the same group of men for the whole thing or whether he was getting close to them. So there's a scene where a Jeep explodes and a group of men die because they're inside the Jeep when it blows up. I didn't know who was in it. It didn't register for me that this was a group of people that he knew until there's a shot of one of them having a wedding ring. And I realized, oh, that's yeah. Okay. That's the person that was talking about his wedding ring. Okay. That makes sense. But until then it meant nothing because there was so much going on. People that are introduced, like his three or four close friends at the start, they come and go and they're treated like punchlines when they do show up. Like one guy is more traumatized and he jumps out of a car. I don't think he dies, but then it's left and it's almost played for laughs because it is done in such a stylish way.
1: It's unforgivable, really, because it's that long, but it doesn't allow any form of relationship building with those characters that you talked of. It's very, well, you've already said it is surface level. There is maybe, I think maybe a minute long scene of him and his fellow medic friend lay down side by side, just shooting the shit. But that's it. That's as far as it goes. To build any sort of relationship between them. And it's just not enough. And that's why it doesn't really have this gut punch of an ending that I can't even say that I think they were going for that, but it felt like after all the drama and all the needles,
0: it needed that and it just wasn't there. Yeah. It seems relatively, I was going to say it's like it's consequence free. It's not consequence free, it's just nothing has any weight. With the war stuff, they have two or three action scenes and they have multiple scenes where he's having downtime, but they also want to have the full metal jacket style training sequence. They want to do everything Mm -hmm. when it's only one part of the film. They try to have an entire war film from training to first fights, to dealing with loss, to being a veteran in one chapter. Of this film and it's it's too much and none of it really seems to mean anything
1: no i don't disagree and they'll linger on for minutes at a time with really inconsequential stuff just purely for the purpose of going oh doesn't this look good because i think there's like an overhead shot of when they're in the i don't even know what you call it the military camp whatever and they're in the barracks and all the lads are messing about and stuff and it's shot completely from overhead it's almost like a top-down video game sort of view and it's interesting to look at but it means and adds nothing and it, there's just so much of that in here that I mean it's still fastly paced and it, it ticks along relatively well but you could just do away with all that and it wouldn't have lost anything and I think it would have provided them a bit more opportunity to focus in on characters and allow them to have conversations that you get invested in which there just wasn't any of that
0: It's, it's just I've said it before, sorry, I'm repeating myself. It's too quickly paced. Can we linger on the narration a little bit? What you said yeah. was spot on. There's too much. And sometimes he is describing what is happening on screen. When someone dies in his arms, he says, you're going to be all right. And then the voiceover is, I said that, but I felt embarrassed right after. You can just act that instead. Yeah. The example of showing a car going up on the curb when he's talking about a car going up on the curb. I can't give a better example than that, but... Between the Rousseau's fancy tricks and the narration, that's all weighing down and suppressing the actual story that's going on. Too much narration.
1: And the problem was, I wrote down at first, oh, I'm glad the voiceover is here. And that was because at the very beginning, because it was trying a bit too hard to do too many things, I thought at least this is keeping it grounded. But the further that the film went on, I realised how insignificant that narration is because it would have still been coherent without it it would have made complete sense. Like you said, it literally describes what is happening on screen. So what is the point in it?
0: Yeah. It's just odd. It's not a complicated story. You're doing enough visually to get everything across. So I don't know why it needed to be there. Maybe they liked the book so much, they respected the book so much that they wanted to have that in there. It's not like Goodfellas where you need someone to guide you through the mysterious crime world and say, this is Jimmy two times. He says everything twice. I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. You don't need that. We can see what's going on.
1: James, you go first and I might change my opinion based on yours. (laughs) What do you recommend, Cherry?
0: I hate to say it because I respect the Russo brothers for their work on the MCU. Tom Holland is fantastic in it as is Sierra Bravo. But no, I would not recommend Cherry. Daniel, would you recommend Cherry?
1: If you think heroin addiction sounds like a fun, jolly old time, then yes. If you're not an idiot
0: and know that it's probably not, no. Okay, let's move on to spoilers. Bruce Willis' real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. Spoilers. Boy Meets Girl, Boy Joins the Army. He lives, but doesn't go that well. PTSD, drug addiction, becomes a bank robber to fund the addiction. Girl is also a drug addict. He goes to prison. There's a very brief prison stint and boy and girl get back together in the final shot.
1: Now, when you summarise it like that, it's even more of a problem that it's two and a half hours long. It doesn't take that long to tell that story because it is so simplistic. And I'll be honest, when I saw the chapter title epilogue come up despite the fact that I wasn't bored I thought oh come on just quit it now it was enough to see him doing his final job robbing a bank rewarding himself by shooting up on the curb and just end it there with with the sirens in the background knowing that that was his demise but no there's this ultimate redemption story i suppose you could say at the end where he gets out of prison and there there's a bit of hope that he's living a new life and and that's good i suppose it's nice to have a, a hopeful ending but me by my nature i was just hoping it was a bit more depressing than that but again that would probably be a whack with the vibe that the film was going for which is confusing to decipher to be honest
0: but... can i say about the prison scene it happened way too quickly which is odd because we're complaining about it being too long for a film that spends time on everything, the romance setup, war, drug addiction, robbing banks, the prison is a montage with no dialogue that lasts maybe two minutes. And those seem like the best years of his life. <laughs> he's healthy. He looks happy. He's making friends. Those seem like the best, healthiest, most productive years of his life. And they skip over it.
1: Yeah, they even don't go into depth about what his new moustache is about. As Is he partaking in Movember? Is it just a fashion choice? Nobody knows. But that was probably one of my main unanswered questions come the credits was, was why was the moustache grown?
0: On the ending that you've mentioned there, they go for the Tom Cruise at the end of The Last Samurai ending shot, smiling, looking at the woman in the distance. And I was thinking, you don't deserve this. You do not deserve this. I will accept as a compromise that you're a victim of the world that we've made but you're at least partly responsible for everything that you've done. I'm not going to smile along with you having a happy ending when you've not been great as a person.
1: And and even for him to end up with her, like seeing... There's a moment earlier in the film, isn't there, where she um, has an overdose. And again, it's blink and you'll miss it, because that's the nature of the film. But there's this scene between the mother of his, his partner and him where she's pleading for him to, you know, stereotypical line. If you love her, let her go. And he tries, you could argue, a bit further on in the film, but then she's still drawn into this web of craziness with him. And yet, after all that, where she relapses after doing a stint in rehab and becomes a drug addict once again, then he goes to prison. And she's still there for him at the end. And I agree with you, it completely does not feel deserved because he didn't do enough to dissuade her
0: away from this horrific lifestyle of his. And I didn't like that. I didn't like it either. I agree. The mother says, walk away, or I'll F you up. They carry on. Where's the mother? The mother should come back and F him up. I she was died expecting
1: a heroin overdose.
0: But the mother the mother did. <laughs> no, I'm <almost> okay. <laughs> I, I was expecting the mother to, to come back, to come back through a portal and say, you know, on your left, mm. smash you in the head. Didn't happen. He wasn't punished for that. He seemed to recognise... I'm to blame here. And like you say, he didn't make enough effort to to push her away. And even she, this is why I've said before that Ciara Bravo's character, she doesn't seem to recognise what's going on. She doesn't seem to reflect much on whether it's worth it or not. And for Tom Holland to take her back, that made me dislike him quite a lot. You've had your moment to realise this is my fault, but then he says, "Ah, I'll be fine, I'll take her back.
1: There's just too many awful aspects to his character to the point where you just can't you can't sympathise with him. You just can't, and that then means there's no payoff towards the end because you're not bought into his story really. I well, we've already said it, but I just I just didn't care about him getting out of prison. I'd rather he stay there and rot. That's probably a bit harsh.
0: I wonder if part of it is that this is based on a book that's been recently released, and they had some three years ago. Recent, they have some. Residual sympathy for the author who's made a semi autographical book about himself. And I wonder what would happen if instead of making a film of the book, make a film about him that includes him writing the book at the end and selling the book. Because apparently it took him ages to negotiate the rights to selling the book because he was using his prison phone time to talk about selling the rights to the book.
1: And he made a million dollars off that, didn't he? So hopefully he is now reformed because anyone knows. Handing a million dollars to somebody who was a a drug addict is is probably quite a dangerous thing to do, but hopefully he's changed his ways.
0: Hopefully, yes. And just a quick note, because I know from reading Wikipedia, Netflix were in talks to buy this, but Apple bought it instead. So this is not an Apple-funded Apple project. They've just bought the rights to distributing it.
1: I'm glad you said that, because I didn't research that bit, and I was intrigued. I thought this might have been their first full... Exclusive, oh, it's from Amazon Studios type thing, but it's it's not.
0: No, it was the Russo Brothers production company that bought the rights to it. And the Russo sister has a writing credit on this. She's one of two writers. Just thought that was interesting to point out,
1: which I thought when I found that out was a very interesting get out of jail free card for some of the more problematic depictions of how men treat women in this film. There's a lot of people that refer to women only by saying, I wanted to F her. That said about seven or eight times in this film. And I just thought, oh, that's not really giving much more to that character other than that you want to have sex with them. Oh, it's written by a
0: woman. Okay, fair enough. By the way, which is the shot that goes inside Tom Holland's anus?
1: So when he first goes into the army camp and he's going through the whole getting his hair cut and all that jazz, there's that montage. He then gets bent over, and it said, "Oh, and there's a guy whose job it was to check everyone's asshole," which he then showed you. Another, we don't need to see that. You've explained it, but they have a shot from inside. Is Earnest?
0: I somehow missed that. I don't know how.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. It was. It was just completely unnecessary. You you missed nothing by
0: missing it. Or maybe it's all become a blur. That reminds me. On a previous Real News. I have said that Apple TV has a, p- a policy of no hardcore nudity, right?
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Well, you've said it, so I apologise for forgetting. But
0: <laughs> It's interesting here that they do have repeated scenes of needle injection, mm. which is more degenerate, really, which is more damaging to have on screen.
1: Fair point, fair point. I read, and always take these very lightly because it might not be true, but in IMDb Trivia... They used real needles in those scenes. What does that mean? Does it mean they actually shot up? I don't don't know what that
0: means. (laughs) That's that's the implication. I want to get the Oscar. That's what Tom Holland was saying. I want the Oscar. I want to really inject. I'm going to go full method on this. I'm going to inject myself.
1: Just to go back on that performance. Do you agree? I mean, we both said it's a very, very good performance. But do you think that there's enough there that if it was edited in a slightly different way that he could fully have been up there for an Oscar?
0: Yes, I agree. It's just smothered by editing, music, fancy shots.
1: You already touched on the fact that it's highlighting a lot of things or or themes, should I say, and that it doesn't really say a lot about any of them. But if you had to take a final message away from this film, do you feel as though there is one? And if so, what?
0: No matter what you do, you can always rely on the person that's been through the worst with you to stand by you because maybe they're the only person that understands you what about you i think i'm kind of
1: quoting something that's within the film here but war is bad drugs are also bad but it's a hell of a ride doing them robbing
0: banks is that a hell of a ride as well add add that in
1: if you have a good team around you i think it'd be a lot more enjoyable than what Tom Holland goes through in this film, because a lot of the people that he deals with seem quite inept, which I think contributes to to why it's a pretty miserable experience for him. So if you're going to do a bank robbery, surround yourself with experienced criminals.
0: Should we leave that as our final thought for the episode?
1: If you've made it this far, thank you for seeing it through to the end. Please support us. As much as you can by leaving us a five-star rating and review on itunes you can email us to get in contact at in the isles podcast at gmail.com and you can follow us on instagram at in the aisles podcast james any indication of what
0: we're reviewing next
1: week i'm asking you and i know but for the purpose of the audience what is it
0: zach snyder's justice league mm-hmm. Is
1: it going to be worth all the hype? We've mentioned it in this episode. It's come out to fairly favourable reviews.
0: I'm semi-excited. We're watching all four hours and talking about them in depth next week. So you can expect at least a 75-minute
1: episode.